Hey, you're drinking house coffee, unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. Yeah, welcome back to House Coffee once again. How are you doing, Maggie? Hey, Rich. Good to see you again. (laughs) Okay, so I was thinking this morning as um, we were going to record today, and to our audience, this is just another episode. But to us, we haven't sat down to record in about a a month, really. Yeah. Because our first four episodes were pre-recorded so that we could get to them out into the world Exactly. At once. And um, here we are. Yeah, I'm excited. On, to be- a, on a recording schedule. Who are we? <laughs> True. I'm excited to be back. And yeah, of course, um, this is the first episode since we've actually launched some episodes. Yep. So you're right. We did record four, but we actually only dropped the first three. Right. And the fourth one is coming out. Yeah, uh, but by the time our listeners yes. hear this, they would have had four episodes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what I like about this, and this was kind of the whole point, what I like about this is we're, we're catching up to real time. Yes, and which is our goal. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to those first episodes, you probably get the sense that, you know, we thought we were recording an episode that might drop the next week, and uh, <laughs> obviously that didn't happen, but we wanted to get this going sooner. It just kind of worked out that way. But what I realized was happening was we were we were banking these episodes and we wanted to be able to one of the exciting things for me with recording a podcast is to be processing life together. Yes. You know, and processing through things a little bit more in real time. And that's what I enjoy about podcasts is um some of my favorite ones are people processing things and yeah. and dealing with real life kind of as it's happening. And so I preferred I realized I'd prefer the lag to be like you know, a week or so. So, um, we're, yeah, we're on the same page with that, getting, and I think our audience is going to like that too. Yeah, because it gives them more of a quote unquote real time update on our lives, our businesses, and it allows us as hosts to answer more relevant questions. Yeah, sooner. Exactly. That was that's another plus. So also since sorry, know, but also since we quote unquote launched our first recorded. We have a actual website now, which <laughs> our audience doesn't know that, but when we were recorded, we had no shred of a website. That's, well, there was a shred. It was, but, <laughs> but it wasn't, it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't what it is now. It wasn't live. And right. I want to give my nephew Levi a shout oh, out shout because out Levi. Levi Schoonover, you're the man. He <laughs> helped me get it up and running and um, he's going to start his own web development company and I just want to really appreciate all the custom work that he did to help us out, including some CSS that he wrote. Wow. Yeah. That's the real deal. Kid is smart. And you know what? Um, Honestly, like we kind of did just, we got to a point where it was like, all right, we got to get these things out there. So we've had the infrastructure kind of uh, up and coming all along, knowing that at any point in time, if we did decide, okay, we're ready to drop an episode, we could just put a little bow on whatever yes. all the little things but you know nothing was quite ready until we we said all right it's got to be it's got to be ready it's go time so um <clears throat> excuse me yeah i'm um that was a major help shout out to levi and 
you know, don't look too closely at anything that's out there because <laughs> everything is still a, a little bit under construction. But that's uh, that's how we do it here yeah. at House Coffee Podcast. Yeah, it's uh, it's and I like to say it's the storied way. So it's very yeah. much. Um, well, today I think we are going to talk about the Coffee Expo or Coffee Con, as I just called it yeah. before we hit record. Yeah, and I've been dying to know <laughs> how this trip went. You just came back from Portland and I've been resisting all the questions to ask you over text because I just want to know. And I think our audience wants to know firsthand, we're all hearing this at the same time, how was Coffee Con? Yeah, Coffee Con. All right. Well, first of all, yes. Um, so Coffee Con, you've heard me call it that probably. And that's I why don't you know. Say I it. know there's Comic Con. I, exactly. So well, I just call it Con. So I kind of I'm coining the phrase. I call it Coffee Con because it's a big coffee nerds convention. Gotcha. Um, but it is actually the Specialty Coffee Association (SCA) um, Specialty Coffee Expo, and it is a global trade show. So just a little bit of, about what it even is. It's a global trade show that happens. Around the country, so it's it happens annually, but it bounces around to major cities. So it's been in Boston twice, twenty nineteen, and twenty and last year, twenty twenty two. And so we are able to drive because we're right here in the capital region. It's three hours. So the last two times, Christine and I have gone to Boston, and we've been able to drive, and we volunteered to go for free. So if you oh. volunteer, there's this cool program where you log like a number of different shifts during the conference and then your registration is paid for. Cool. And so that's worked out for us being local. But this time we figured we're going to bring the baby and we're going far away. So none of that. We're just going to yep. go and enjoy And you the, brought some of your staff with the you. The whole thing. Yeah. And it was a real treat to be able to bring Abby, who is a partner owner with Storied, and uh, Kristen, who is a longtime staff that we've had. And so... They both were experiencing the whole thing for the first time, and we were experiencing it with a larger group. And then, funny enough, like I actually have friends, and if you're following us online, you know you've seen some of this probably, or you, or you will if you go check it out. But I have friends from here who now live on the West Coast, and uh, and so one of there's a couple in Bellingham. Washington, and so they drove down on Saturday to hang out with us and attend the conference. And then another couple uh, lives in Eugene, Oregon, and we were in Portland, of course. One so of my they, favorite musicians is from Eugene, Oregon. So fun. One of my favorite musicians is from Bellingham, Washington. <laughs> um, who's your favorite? Matt Carney. Matt. Oh, word. I like him. Mm-hmm. I like him. I didn't know where he was from. Um, but that makes sense because he references that in a song, actually. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. So they came to Portland. Um, my friend Amy got to uh, uh, enjoy a day with us. And then same day as my friends Jeremy and Crystal. So shout out to them. Cool. Um, that was fun. Was so why did them. you go? All if right, you've well, been before, objectively, why, why go back? Well, okay. This is so funny. I was thinking about this on the way over. And I had this conversation with um, with somebody that I met at the conference too, one of the staff from Cat and Cloud, which is, you know, you heard me talk about them last time maybe. Uh, I'll have more to say about them this time around. <laughs> I will always have something to say about <laughs> Cat and Cloud because they're just highly... They seem rad. Inf- ...influential on me. But 
um, they were there, and so I got to link up with them. But I was having a conversation with uh, with this um, woman, Jean, that I met there, and she's on the wholesale team at Cat and Cloud, and we were just talking about how conferences like this can be like. Now, if you haven't experienced this, maybe it, it won't make as much sense, but like <laughs> like church camp um, or or something like that, where you go and it's just like this, you know. This, oh, I'm having flashbacks yeah, exactly, of college, exactly. like the basic conference. Yeah, well, that's the same thing. Oh. So I had done college conferences yes. that were kind of similar. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, but honestly, any kind of like major experience like that, you go and it every, it's, everything is so centered on one thing. And it's just such an intense and like, uh, what's, I don't know, what what's the word? It's, it's, um, it's all right there and it's your whole focus for several days. And then... It's, it gets you it's fired intensified. Up. It gets you amped up, yeah. And so I am coming back from SCA with a little bit of a renewed, I don't know, passion, renewed like zeal for why we ever got started with this stuff. Yes. Um, Love it. And by this stuff, I mean coffee. And I mean the kind of approach to coffee that we're taking at Storied or at least we want to take, but I think have lost sight of over time or just been – under-resourced for, um, for going for. So, so there's a lot of reasons to go to a show like this. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a trade show. So tons of equipment manufacturers, coffee roasters. Um, yeah, you've got some coffee right here on the table. I'll talk about that. Coffee professionals. Uh, there's all kinds of like skills training that goes on. There's just so many coffees to taste and there's a lot of cool ways to, to, get connected through something like this to, I want to say the broader coffee industry, the the broader picture. But what's funny about it is actually what we're talking about when we talk about specialty coffee is it is a niche within the coffee industry because the coffee industry is pretty huge if you think about it. I mean, it incorporates, incorporates, it encompasses like uh, your chain stores in your and gas stations that serve coffee. It's like anywhere that coffee is a product you're you're touching the, the the coffee industry, but in most cases you're not touching the specialty coffee industry, and that's something that you know. I, I, what makes something specialty coffee? Well, okay, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally where I was going to go. Um, I'm a journalist. Amazing. <laughs> I expect no less from you. I. Okay, I, how fired up do I want to get? Get fired up, Rich. <sighs> Okay, so <laughs> here's the deal. Technically speaking, um, what makes something specialty coffee? Uh, okay, actually, this is a little bit of an old definition because I think this year, funny enough, the Specialty Coffee Association has been working on the definition of specialty coffee. They've been working on what exactly does that mean when we say that. And I think they're broadening it a little bit in a way to kind of define that for people because it's a word that really gets thrown around in a lot of unhelpful ways. Yep. Um, funny enough, even this, even the SCA was acknowledging in some of the the paperwork I was, I was, I've, I've seen lately, like we're this global organization, even if they have these national chapters, we're this organization called Specialty Coffee <laughs> Association, and we've never really defined, defined the term. So, um, for a long time though, it was considered that coffee. Okay, here's something you may or may not know about coffee. Coffee at, okay, well, here's something you may not know about coffee. <laughs> Coffee's a fruit, okay? Okay. A coffee bean is actually 
a seed. It's the seed of what we call the coffee cherry. And in most cases, there are two seeds within every coffee cherry. So, I mean, just pause to reflect on that. <laughs> because that's a lot of work to create. To harvest. Yeah, to harvest coffee, to produce, harvest, um, then carefully handle and roast and brew coffee. I mean, every coffee bean that I drop on the ground is a, is a tragedy. It's a, it's it's disrespectful <laughs> when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, so Didn't, never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's and that's all done by hand, primarily on the uh, on the farmer. So someone picks level the coffee cherry. Yes. And opens the fruit to harvest the bean. Well, largely <laughs> yes, but you can get into and we won't. But you can get into different ways of processing that cherry, um, so that those seeds will have different characteristics of okay. flavor. And so there's what you call processing methods. There's all these different kinds of ways. Like uh, washed is probably the most typical, and that's where you would take all of the fruit part off of the seed, and then you would wash it, and then you would dry that, and that's where you'd get you know your most traditional type of coffee bean. But you can leave any amount of that fruit on the seeds as you process it, and that will impart more... Uh, sweetness, more flavor, depending on on the varietal of the coffee, and uh, so there's just so many different ways that you can approach it to get different flavors. So, okay, specialty coffee is um, so when when you're processing coffee, when you're working with it on that farmer production level, um, coffee is graded on a scale. Uh, that I believe goes up to 100. And so anything that's rated 80 and above was is um, termed specialty coffee. So technically, specialty is not a style or, or really anything other than a – specialty means quality. It's a quality rating within coffee. Gotcha. I think wine is that way too. Yeah, I wouldn't know, but I'm sure there are a lot of parallels. So it would be interesting to um, to look into that. Uh, both are really complex products. So, so coffee rated 80 and above. So you might not know this. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is true. At least I've heard this. Even Starbucks is using technically specialty grade coffee. I believe it's on the lower end of that 80 to 100, you know, um, and coffees that score really high, anywhere like mid nineties or above, those are tend to be like really um, interesting coffees to drink. They're also usually more expensive, um, and then most coffee in the world is not going to score up to an eighty, and it's going to be you know what you might call commodity coffee, okay. coffee that's going to be a lot. Easier to produce on a large scale. Does storied costs serve specialty less money. coffee? Yes, of course. So we're working with. Just had to clarify. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> said uh, said that like a jerk. <laughs> um, we work with Crew Coffee in uh, out of Saratoga, K R U Crew Coffee, and they would uh, just yes, they only work with specialty grade coffee. Um, and so, I mean, I couldn't tell you what the particular coffees that we serve are scoring or have scored, but I know it's... No, I was just... I just wanted to clarify. Within, yeah. Um, most of the places that you and I like 
are going to be dealing with that 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 more like eighty high eighties ninety ish coffee. Now something that's a little detail about coffee that oh, that probably very very few people know who are just what average detail? coffee drinkers. This whole scoring process, gotcha. this idea of, of what specialty coffee truly is. And with um, – part, partly that's because it's not built into the process. It's not built into the way we think about coffee, the way coffee is sold or put out there in the world. So – and I mean that makes sense because that's, that's an interesting detail. It's going to be a huge, you know, variable thing. I'm looking at this bag of coffee that I brought – here. I was going to ask if you brought me back anything. Um, yeah, totally, <laughs> dude. This was uh, for you. So, like, even this. I mean, let me I'm just kidding. let me just talk about this this coffee right here. This bag, this this coffee bag. So this has Ruby, colorful coffees on it. Ruby is a coffee roaster out of Wisconsin. They had a couple um, representatives at the conference who were uh, all too eager to get colorful coffees into people's hands. So they were just giving these out. That was pretty cool. Um, so the brand is colorful or the beans are colorful? Colorful coffees is going to... That's that's like a, a catchy tagline for what this company is trying to do. Okay. So colorful coffees is a way of... So, okay, look. When I talk about specialty coffee, this is what I'm talking about. Not anything you're saying. I'm saying this is an example of what I'm talking about when I talk about specialty coffee. It's the way we think about coffee. It's the way we approach it. It's it's the stuff we try to do, the stuff we need to do to to elevate or just differentiate the way we're thinking about it. So what these guys are and and this is a great example. What these guys are doing right here with this with this packaging, with this um, coffee itself is a good example of like a specialty experience in coffee to me from my standpoint i wish we were drinking coffee right now i know me too (laughs) we would not have time for that today but um so okay let me just read you what we call the tasting notes okay okay from this bag first of all aguacate colombia uh so colombia would be the region where this coffee's from aguacate i actually don't know this is my ignorance because I'm not a coffee roaster, and I have a pretty, honestly, limited experience with a lot of um, coffee regions. So that is maybe a region? Probably a region. <laughs> I'm also geographically challenged. Uh, okay, but this coffee, aguacate, Colombian. Here are the tasting notes on this coffee. Let me know if you've Hit ever... Me. Let me know how how this hits you, okay? Okay. Vanilla. Mm. Lime zest. Hmm. Green apple. Okay. Wildflower honey. Yeah. So Sounds good. All of those are suggestions of what you might think about. This is the way I like to describe flavor notes or tasting notes. Makes me want to have a key lime pie with a cup of coffee. Yeah, well, this would be a good pairing, right? So when you when you brew this coffee, um, hopefully, if we do it well, we will think about these things. These would be kind of, this is the zone. This is this what is we a might lot call like the wine. flavor profile. Um <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. There's also now this is cool. This is this to me actually is a little, maybe a little rare, um, for coffee. This is a little bit progressive. Here's some other details on the front of this bag. It says relationship, ten years 
partnered through exporter. So that is a note on the relationship between the coffee roaster and the farmer. That's amazing. So a little note on what's our relationship like with these guys. Farm type, collection of small farms. Um, processing, and I mentioned this before, washed, comma, sun-dried. Um, region, okay, yeah, perfect. Region, Nariño. So I don't know what the aguacate means, but because <laughs> the region is Nariño. Uh, variety, Katura. Elevation, also a little known fact about coffee. Maybe if once I say this, it'll, it'll be intuitive. It'll sound intuitive, intuitive enough. But elevation, 1,700 to 2,100 meters above sea level. So elevation is a factor when you're growing coffee along with a lot of other things when you're growing coffee because of where coffee grows can affect how the coffee develops as a, in its fruit. How, you mean how the cherry develops? How the cherry develops in its fruit form. Um, and, uh, and exactly, and that can just be part of what produces sweetness or certain flavor characteristics in the coffee. Uh, this is probably, it doesn't say, light roasted. I'm gonna guess that it's light roasted just because coffees that have this, those more fruit forward or just like. Can I smell it? Yeah. I only opened it because <laughs> it was all like vacuum sealed because it had been on the airplane. Oh, so gotcha. the air had been sucked out of the bag. So I opened it to. Oh, it is kind of light in color yeah. compared to like the dark roast coffee I normally get. Totally. Nothing about this is gonna smell dark. No, it smells so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, look, I just bring this, I just present this as an example of like what, some, about ways we might approach. Specialty coffee. Coffee, yeah, in the specialty realm. Okay. Here's another example for me. This is cool. Cat and Cloud, we did run into those guys. They did a little uh, cafe takeover at a local cafe that was not far from where we were staying. So we walked over and um, got some, uh, got That's some fun. cappuccinos. And then we happen to know, uh, Mark, um, who's their wholesale guy, and uh, he hooked us up with a couple samples unexpectedly. So thank so you. So what you have much. here in front of us is specialty samples. These are yeah 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 again Cat and Cloud, another company only dealing with specialty coffee, um, but these are examples of coffees that they would serve. So two little bags. What we got this says I don't even again I don't know how to pronounce this, Idido. It's Ethiopian Yirgashef, Ethiopia Yirgashef. That is a very popular, very common um, light roast specialty coffee when people are looking for like a major flavor experience. Cool. And you can see on the bag here, they got this little spectrum for how they roast it. Light versus dark. This one's a little more in the middle, closer to light. We got notes of blackberry, purple now and later. What? <laughs> and nougat. So you can just kind of like imagine what you might be trying to taste when you <laughs> crack that thing open. Now this one's cool. I mean, okay. Go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to kill your joy. So keep going. Go ahead. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just think like I have to play devil's advocate for sure. some of, someone who's listening who yeah. might be like, who cares? Like coffee is coffee. It all tastes the same. Yeah, well, I'm glad you don't actually feel that way. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, like, maybe, like, if I were to smell all three of these bags, I probably would think, hmm, smells like coffee beans. 
Is that how you felt about this one? It smells good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, if I smelled that in comparison to like a Dunkin' Donuts bag of coffee, I could definitely tell the difference because Dunkin' Donuts has a very specific smell that yeah. I do not care for. But now I'm going to be opening all these. All right. Well, <laughs> I just think like all these notes, I could just picture someone listening being like, that is the silliest thing I've ever heard. And they might. And that's kind of like what, that's that's the problem. That's where we're at in, in life. Not, maybe not a problem. Smell that one. That's the, uh, okay, I was going to talk about that in a sec, though. This is uh, Carmen Canchala. Yes. So that is, if I had to guess, I'm not. It smells like um, the storied blend, to be honest. Oh, interesting. So this, I think, is probably an example of, if I'm not mistaken, I should know. I should know this stuff, but this is a this is a good note for me. On this one, when I compare the two, <laughs> kind of smells like nail polish from over now. I wish people. I, I hope people watch the video on this one. And I know. See we, us, I know. Um, smelling coffees. This one Instead smells. Hearing us. Smell this coffees. one from Cat and Cloud, the Carmen Cancella, I think smells better than the Bro, Ruby. Did you even coffees. smell this one? No, smell you that just Ethiopian. opened That's it. like it. Literally smells like fruit. I can smell this one. Kind of has like a, um, um, like a, like a fruity note, I guess. Do you smell the purple like now and fig. later? Like fig. No, I do not. I do not smell purple <laughs> now and later. You're not gonna smell that. I smell fig. But you're probably not even gonna taste that. But is that supposed to be a joke? No, that's what it says on there. I know. Okay, look. I'm not trying to say that all coffee experiences should be this way or that all of these things are meaningful. I'm simply trying to highlight, meaningful to everyone. I'm simply trying to highlight what the difference is between yeah. specialty coffee and, and the approach that I, you know, that I characterize specialty coffee um, with versus what you're going to get with a more average coffee experience. Since we've been smelling all this coffee, it, it reminded me of a like, quick side note. Do you know how they have coffee beans in like perfumeries and you're supposed to smell the coffee beans? Yeah. Because, you know, it's supposed to clear your nose palate. Did you yeah. know that that's a lie? You're not supposed to smell coffee? I have heard that. Did I hear that from you? Oh, did I tell you I this? Know. I think, it, do you know what you're supposed to smell Yourself. if you're trying to clear? Dang it. Yeah, I told you told this already. <laughs> Dang it. You're supposed to smell yourself if you're trying to clear your nose palate. So if you're sm smelling things too much and all the smells are getting too confusing, you smell yourself because you are the most neutral smell than anything. So if you if if this coffee is is becoming too overwhelming for your <laughs> nose, just like smell yourself and Appreciate then that. um then you'll be able to smell the notes again. Good. Anyway, that's, that's my little advice. side that's tip. <laughs> so wait, can we go back to the conference? Because I want to. I want to learn more about everything you saw there. Are are you? Do you yeah. still have well, more no. to say so about coffee? All I'm trying to just to highlight here, and is I'm trying to highlight why someone would. Who cares? <laughs> right. And the people who care are the ones who realize that coffee can taste like blackberry, purple now and later, and nougat. In sort of a a whole profile mm -hmm. that's going to be characterized by by that vibe, or it might taste from another place in the world, like orange juice, dried cranberry, or chocolate sorbet. Mm, that 
Sounds good. Dude, oh my gosh. Let me tell you about this coffee I had at the conference. Literally blew my mind. It was called Peach Party. Okay? That sounds amazing. Peach Party Sidra. S-I-D-R-A, which uh, just another type of another type of coffee. Did it taste like peach? It blew my mind. It was like I mean, it tasted like peach, and so I, I thought of it because of this coffee bag just said, um, orange juice, dried cranberry, so that's like berry, it's like fruit vibes, right? But then you also get this chocolate sorbet, which is still a little bit sweet, but you're getting that chocolate note, and that's why coffee is so interesting. It's complex. There's like layers of, of flavor when it's brewed well, okay? That's crucial. So many people, they might even use good coffee like this, but... If you don't follow the recipe, it's not going to come out the way you hope it will, or at least the way they suggest that it should. I do agree with you that their coffee can taste different in different places. That I don't think, Yeah. you know, I'm going to sit here and like turn my nose up because I have had probably the most amazing cup of coffee in my life when I was in Europe. But cool. I mean, in terms of like, no, like now and later notes, purple now and later. <laughs> that seems silly to me. Yeah, it is a little silly, and that's kind of what's like. That's that's part of the fun. I mean, notes okay. like that is going to be like. That's how this coffee company sure. is approaching the presentation sure. of the sure. coffee. Okay, um, but I also wanted to point out this Carmen Contrala. I don't actually know, but I'm guessing that's the name of the farmer of okay. this coffee. Cool. So again, another thing that tends to characterize specialty coffee is this um, farmer centric approach uh something that's that provides a little more transparency to the process and how that coffee got to us same thing that the uh, ruby bag is that i respect yeah so that is that's that's a little bit of a more modern way of handling coffee and specialty coffee is really taking the whole picture into account and trying to bring all of the people in the process to the fore and so what is your goal with, with talking about specialty coffee? Are you trying to bring that message to your shop or are you trying to cater to people who are interested in specialty coffee like you are? Or is it just like a hobby that you want to continue to learn and know more about? Pause for reflection. That's a great <laughs> question. And I think it's a little of all of the above. All right. Um, so let me just put it this way. I primarily, like, I love coffee, but I don't, like, do a lot of coffee at home. So I I enjoy, ex- okay, two two layers, two major layers. One, one, I enjoy giving people a great experience, all right, hospitality, things like that, learning that that craft alone. Having giving people a meeting people's expectations, actually exceeding people's expectations of that they bring into my business. Okay. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, people expect coffee to taste good. And as you and I discussed on what was it, the last episode, or at least one of our last episodes, you were telling me about a crappy cup yes. of coffee you had, right? Yes. And your expectations were uh, disappointed. And you were disappointed and you left that. And then you came and told me about it. Now, I'm a coffee guy, so maybe you told me versus telling somebody else but like 
there's your example. Nobody wants to walk into a coffee shop and get a crappy cup of coffee, okay? I, especially me. <laughs> so I want to do the best I can by people. Now, I don't expect people, so this is the second layer, I don't expect people to care what I'm trying to do necessarily because I don't expect that they have any expectations about this style of coffee. I think this is a very new thing. This approach to coffee, you know, some people call it third wave. Some people call it, um, I don't know, other, other, some people's specialties, some people call it third wave. I like to just use the word modern. I say modern coffee approach because it really is like 10 to 15 years old. Um, so many of the more like modern, newer specialty third wave kinds of coffee shops, they popped up in the last eight years five years. We're only five years old and we're on the tail end of all that kind of stuff. But the ones, the shops that preceded us in the capital region were only a few years older than us, you know? Yeah. I never knew about specialty coffee until I met my brother-in-law, Jeff, who, um, well, I have two brothers-in-law named Jeff, my sister, Hannah's husband, Jeff. And, um, he was really into pour over coffee and, um, yeah, and I just never learned about coffee until he was like weighing his coffee and like uh, making pour overs yeah. with a Chemex. And I'm like, this on is silly on That's a scale. Um, and to be honest, when I first learned about it, however many years ago, five, six years ago, I sort of turned my nose up at it because I'm like, oh, this is so bougie. And now I, now that I've gotten to know you more and I know it's, the, and it's more um, coming from a sustainable, fair trade source, and it's it's more about flavor and enjoyment. I'm not. I don't think it's as bougie anymore. But I think when I first learned about it, I'm like, this is so silly. They're just being, they're just being uppity about their coffee. Yeah, yeah. It's it's honestly hard to talk about this kind of stuff because. Um, it's easy to naysay um, for different reasons. And so that's a great example um, of, of think a lot, how a lot of people react sometimes to this, this kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I sit here corrected. Well, <laughs> hum, humbled, 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 um, <laughs> Well, let me let me just let me just finish this last thought. So, hospitality is is maybe my number one concern, and through hospitality, I want to just be able to present a different picture of coffee, a different experience of coffee for people. Now, yes, we do bubble tea as well, and that's actually half of our business. And um, I wish that I I'm not as passionate about that, and so. Whenever we talk this stuff, coffee really is the driving force. We love bubble tea, <laughs> and and that's just that's just as much part of our business. But I'm rarely going to talk about tea. Tea is not my world. I'm rarely going to talk about tea and bubble tea, um, the way that we talk about coffee. Even though we do all we can to make our bubble tea emphasize the special teaness of tea, and like we do a couple. Of, Different things to make that like a little bit. I of have a been jonesing too, but for just, a bubble tea. Point and you've is, been I don't want to for over a week. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I'm just trying to say, uh, <laughs> it's, no, 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 no lack of love for bubble sure. tea. Even though I'm always talking about 
coffee and, and letting that drive my, my I'm approach. I'm so happy Storage's going to be tomorrow, back open tomorrow. the day. <laughs> it's been way too uh, long. Although by the time anyone hears this, we'll have been. You would have been open. Way but... back open. Um, so I don't know. So, okay, I'm trying to answer your question. I hope that answers it. It does. Hospitality is the number one thing because I recognize, look, I'm not trying to sell a coffee experience. I'm trying to sell um, like a good feeling. And I'm going to use coffee to the best of my ability to do that. And uh, I'm going to hopefully honor what all that coffee is in the process and change some people's minds about it, but not because of coffee, but rather because my passion is going to come through those mediums to their hearts by way of the way they feel as a result. So yeah, people who are, look, Especially coffee can get a bad rap because people are snobby about it or bougie and they like get too lost. In, for me, they get too lost into the process. They get too like into it as a, like this whole thing that's inaccessible. And I think the, inaccessible. I think the difference. That is the key word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, is the key word. For sure. For sure. Um, I, I, it just. It felt inaccessible. Yes. And maybe this is just like a pride thing because I, I can be a pretty like prideful person. No. <laughs> and like, so when, when, when something seems like inaccessible to me, I'm like, ugh, I don't know. I just feel very like, I immediately don't want to like it or be interested <laughs> in it because if it's not accessible to me, then I don't want to, yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So I'll just write it off as bougie or snobby. So I think that's super key. I think that's really it. And that's what I'm trying to do with the story. It is like hospitality makes the experience accessible. You know, education makes the experience accessible. But you have to educate in a way that's not putting people down, but rather yeah. like you're leveling yourself to where they're at. And and it's for me, it's all about that because co- we're talking about really beautiful coffees. There are extremely beautiful coffees on this table right now. And I'm excited to start brewing them this week and tasting them and whether we serve them or I just enjoy them or our staff enjoys them, who knows what's going to happen. There's not like a huge Can we do a taste here. test next time we record? Oh man, I don't know. That's going to be, that's going to have to be like a bonus like video okay. f- feature or something. All right, cool. Um, if we do a Patreon. But you want to see if you can actually taste the, I uh, do. the purple. Like if we pre, now and like we could bring them into the kitchen here and just like maybe pour over like a little bit of each and then like do a blind taste test <laughs> to see which one yeah, that'd be interesting. we like the best. We that'd don't be have to. We but. can talk about it. Um, so, okay. All right. So I, we're, we're like going around about here yeah. way of saying, you know, specialty coffee is a special thing. I think it's, it's the goal is to um, bring a little more transparency to the process of how coffee gets to us. If you think about the big chains, like you have no idea where that coffee comes from. And if you try to look into it, you're not going to find it because they either have nothing to say about it or they don't want you to know. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why Cumberland Farms can sell 99-cent coffee any size. Well, it's because they didn't pay that much for that coffee despite the amount of work they went into it. So hmm. whatever. Like everyone's running their businesses, but specialty coffee is really trying to bring the the value of coffee up all across the board so that cafe owners can run sustainable business but farmers can feed their families you know it's it's uh, it's a 
it's like a rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing. Um, and co- and coffee producers like to produce specialty coffee is a lot more costly. There's a lot more uh, risk, and it's like the crops are smaller. So to get people to invest in that process on the farm level, you have to elevate the way everyone thinks about coffee. And so that's just part of my ethos is how can we get people thinking differently about coffee and realizing that like ice cream flavored lattes are not specialty coffee just because you put whipped cream on it and some caramel drizzle. That's not, that's not a specialty. It's like a specialty in your, Preach. In, your in your shop, but like that's not what we mean by specialty coffee. Um, you should have led with and that. And I hate the confusion that comes with that, but it's just it's part of what I'm working to, yeah. to undo. I can see your passion about this. You are, I'm glad you got fired up because <laughs> this is something that's important yeah. to you and I think it should resonate with other people. Well, so, you know, I'm, this is what I'm coming back with. It's, I'm excited to, and here's the thing, like I don't think that we, like coffees like this will really fly at Storied. I think largely because it's a function of like, we just don't have enough people. Like the population density, I think Scotia's too small. Yeah. Um, not to say people wouldn't enjoy these coffees, but the the demand isn't there. So I'm not trying to manufacture demand and waste a bunch of time and product and whatever. But what we're going to do is just start talking like this a little bit more and maybe engaging guests on their thoughts about coffee. And then just like, you know, with the products we already have, the, the specialty coffees that are in our shop, even if we're not doing pour overs, because that's not the only way or even the best way to highlight quote-unquote especially coffee that's just like a cool way <laughs> um we're just gonna we're, we're trying to take the craft that we already have to like the next level so we're all working on professional um skills around espresso preparation and just like our process and the whole thing again so that hospitality can increase and that through that you know people's experience of our our products can uh can help them love coffee a little bit more awesome yeah what is one thing that you learned at this expo that you from a a business standpoint if any that you took away with from a business standpoint yeah was there any was was this expo did it were there like breakout sessions or like panel discussions things like that because we had the baby with us, we were very limited, Christine okay. and I at least, were very limited in what we were able to break away and do. Um, she went to a really cool lecture that featured um, five coffee-producing women farmers in Central America, I think, which is a place that's very close to Christine's heart. Yeah, And they were like given cameras and kind of made their own films and stuff. I don't know. She cool. she had she had a good experience with that, and uh, I haven't seen the film, but she got the link to it. And then I so she went to one lecture. I went to one lecture. Mine was um, called "That Cafe Feeling," which was, and this is a little bit of a takeaway for me. Uh, it's about how to now these these were when you have a major company and you have several locations, or you have a large staff team. How do you get a consistent um, feeling? cohesive feeling across the board, even though you personally as the owner or manager or whatever can't be in all those places at once. You can't be in all those places to equal degrees necessarily. So how do you train culture across 
uh, a team or across a company. And that's, um, you know, we only have one shop, but even for Abby and I, like, how do we get on the same page? (laughs) Uh, Not to say, I mean, Christine just is in the shop so little that I, it would be the conversation she and I were having, but it's, it's really Abby and me on the front. And then how do we talk to our, our two staff about, about that? And then how do we bring that further if we go from there? So that's definitely a question that, that I'll, I'm always thinking about. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I went in to this whole thing asking myself, how can we make our company stronger, our business like more sustainable long-term? And, uh, and I just got back this morning. So I guess I'm still processing You got it. back today? Yeah. Yeah. Our flight was, I'll, I'll, I'll say more on that in a sec, but let me just finish oh, that. Oh my thought. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So we just got back. Uh, we were supposed to get back yesterday. Wow. So you are like Our fresh off the plane. Fresh, yeah. We're right here. Here we are. Hours. Sweet. <laughs> hours ago. Sweet. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I thought you got in late last night. I was supposed to get in yesterday morning, but okay. we yeah, got in flight. this morning. Got a whole yeah. extra day in Portland just to bounce around. So that was cool. <laughs> that was cool. But uh, yeah, Christine got a lot less sleep coming into today than <laughs> we thought was going to be the case. Yeah. Um, um, but that was just to say that I haven't even seen Abby since, you know, the thing ended. So, like, we haven't gotten a process all that. She went to a lot more lectures. Uh, Kristen went to a couple. So there's, like, probably, like, on the team, there's a there's a collective knowledge that we got to mine a little bit um, since since all coming back and everyone's experience and just talking about it. And then kind of, like, together deciding, okay, what are we going to build into our... Brand. approach moving forward into our brand yeah amazing so stay tuned all right well that's a good question though yeah i also saw on your facebook that you won something <laughs> yes christine entered a giveaway about five minutes before being handed the prize that's awesome <laughs> at the very end of the what conference. did you win I'll, uh, I'll hold it up for the camera too, but this um, this is another Cat and Cloud item. Um, the cat, Chris, he uh, is a gearhead in a lot of things, but in coffee especially. And so he um, worked for a while with a company called Art Presso, one word, Art Presso, and uh, he developed this uh, tamper. And for those who don't know, a tamper is what you use to compact ground espresso into the portafilter so that you have a flat, compact bed of coffee that will make espresso for you using a specialized machine called an espresso machine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you know all that. Um, And so the tamper is, you know, a tool that can just be like super on something you'd never think about. It just has the shape and makes mm-hmm. coffee flat or it could be something super dialed the way Chris has uh, approached it. Are you going to use that in your shop or is that going to be your personal at you home You know what? Camper? It's funny. I actually, so this is the dial 2.0. Can um, I hold it? You can. Feel how perfectly balanced it is. It is so balanced. It's. I'm balancing <laughs> it on my pinky finger right now. Um, Just kidding. I'm not. It's a little heavy for that. Chris likes beefy heavy tampers 
that uh, do a great job getting all of the coffee into into your basket. And he um, just really knocked it out of the park with this. So yeah, I nice. was going to say, funny enough, I actually have the dialed 1.0 tamper. So oh, the original, do? when he first came out with it, I I snatched that up. And then this one came out, and I was like, I already have the one. I can't justify getting another one. And then but you want it. But then here it is. Yeah, super cool. That's cool. So, I mean, you know, technically Christine won it, but it's like for the shop. Everything, um, anything we ever get is for yeah. the shop. <laughs> I have to know, did you sell your espresso machine that we talked about on a previous episode? No. Um, you said you had it listed. Yeah. I'm just curious for if we could give a quick update. It's not. Lo- it's no longer for sale. It's no longer for sale. But okay. I'll have to. Um, I'll have to say more about that okay. in the in the future. All right. Uh, I'm not sure. I might have other plans for that. There. All right. Espresso All right. machine. Yeah. Cool. Exciting stuff. I just thought it'd be cool to give an update since. Yes. We, we no, had kind of went on a little mini tangent true. about it. If anyone heard that episode and they were all, "Oh, I'm gonna buy that espresso machine," can't. Off the it's market. Too late. Dude. Step back, <laughs> Mr. Chance. <laughs> um, I yeah. think we're getting close to our time. I don't know. It's been like, it's been a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, true. Two. We're just ranting on this one. Well, all right. So, yes, thanks for asking me those questions. Um, something I've noticed is that uh, we haven't heard a lot from you. I know about like about your life now. Yeah. Okay? We talked about past lives. We talked about. We'll have to save it for another episode. Things. Yes, 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 yes. But we need to hear from you. The people, the people are demanding. All right. That we hear more from Maggie from. So um, I don't know exactly what they want to hear, <laughs> and I don't know what you. Uh, well, now we have a form on our website. What you want to say? But you could submit you a question. Could do a little listener submission there. That's true. You could type that up, or you could leave us a voicemail. Oh, There's yeah. a little link on the bottom. That's right. Um, hit us on that speak pipe. Housecoffeepodcast.com is where all of the forms are and where you could leave us a message so if true. you want to. But what do you want to talk about? What do you want to tell us about? I don't know. I don't know what For I want to time. talk about. Um, there's been a lot of like personal life changes in my life recently, so I've just been sort of like focused on that. Maybe we could talk about that next time. Um, There's no life changes. I don't even know if I know. Yeah, no, you know. Um, And we could talk about the housing market. We could talk about staging. I've got a lot of like, a lot of stuff going on swirling around me. And um, yeah, the real estate world is brutal, brutal right now. And... um, yeah, it's a really tough time to be a buyer. So if you are buying a house right now, I feel you, mm-hmm. feel for you, um, and hang in there. The right house will come along, even if you've already made ten offers on houses. Like it's been tough for buyers, tough. right? For a yeah. while, seller's market. Yep, I know. That's um, why. Um, let me ask you this question. Okay. Not that we're gonna get into this, but like, what is the so? What's the, what is your soapbox? What's the equivalent of specialty coffee for you in your uh, real estate Probably life? big box stores that sell furniture that falls apart or like clothing stores that sell um, 
one season type clothing because it all just ends up in a big waste pile and collects on our oceans and just creates a lot of garbage. Also, single-use plastic. Single-use plastic. Wow. Okay. I'm just, I'm just making some notes. Yeah. Here. That's why I, I do my very best, in case you don't know, with my staging business, 90% of my furniture is repurposed that I, I purchase either from Marketplace or from estate sales. And I try really hard not to buy anything new if I don't have to. Buying something new is a last resort for me because I don't want to contribute to waste. Yeah. Nice. Big box stores. Stuff falls apart. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh sounds like stuff I can relate to as far as like quality. Yep. You know, it's that whole quality conversation. And uh and obviously sustainability. Also this like Oh man, now you're going to get me going on a ramp. But no, no, I just, I, this um, need to have it right now mentality of our culture. Um, it's just, that's something that I, I am trying to change personally with my brand is to have a more curated approach and to love your home slowly like live in it for a while before you just go out and purchase a ton of furniture I really truly believe that like your house will tell you what it needs and you can just kind of get things as you go instead of accumulating a bunch of stuff at once just for the sake of buying things this like haul mentality h-a-u-l where like you just go out and buy a bunch of stuff and show what you bought. I just, I'm strongly against that. I really think that we should buy as we need things and not worry about like accumulating kitschy, like gadgety, uh, not gadgety, but like trinkets. Mm. Okay. Hot takes. Yep. Cool. That would be my soapboxing. Word. Well, maybe that's what we're going to hear We can time. talk about that in detail um, if you want to hear more. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's a good good little good place, place to, to land start. it. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in. I've been getting good feedback um, just like on the, on the gram, people yeah. messaging me. You know, it's we would love it if people could leave us a review and true. rate us. Five stars only. Five stars only. But really, we... But we're not going to bribe you for that. We're not so going to bribe you for that, but we'd, we'd love it if you could give us a five-star review as a small brand that's trying to grow House Coffee. Um, that's a great way that you can show our support, show your support to yes, us. thank you. Um, I interrupted you, Rich. What were you saying? No, that's uh, that's good. And um, our socials are House Coffee Podcast on Instagram and housecoffeepodcast.com for our website. And um, you can submit a question to us there as well. Yes, 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 yes. I, I was just saying that uh, it's cool to see – you never know who's going to listen to a podcast or like your podcast, you know. <laughs> so – Hearing from some old friends or whomever that's just like, oh, I've been loving the podcast. 
um, like, oh, sick, didn't know yeah. you would listen to something like this, you know. And uh, so it's 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 been cool getting good feedback. If you have feedback, uh, we're open to that. Audio issues, you can um, blame TJ. To, uh, TJ, no, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, TJ, we love you. Uh, you, yes, you're the best. You, TJ McMaster, is our audio engineer. Crushing it, dude. He's doing finals. He's doing and awesome. Podcast editing. Yeah, TJ, thank you so much. <laughs> so true. Uh, okay, well. So that's that? it for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, peace out. Later. Bye.